thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. Thank you for taking the time to join us because it is time that will bring answers and help back into your life. And so we're so grateful that you're with us today. And I know you're hungry for the Word. We're hungry for the Word. And we invite you to get your Bible, get a notebook, get something to take notes with and follow along with us because answers are coming for your life. You know, you can't feed on the Word and not get answers. If you're listening, if you're listening. And so we're believing God for answers for you. Um, I want you, turn with me if you would, and let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. And I'm going to take a moment and read out the Amplified Classic translation. And I want you to see what God tells you about your life. It reads, for we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship. Now listen to that. We're, you are God's own handiwork. He did not assign you to the, the handiwork of the angels. Yes. You're right. His handiwork. Yes. And then it goes on in the next phrase and tells us what the handiwork of God in our life is. It says, we are recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. Now that's the handiwork he's talking about. And then it goes on and says this, we're born again and born anew that we may do, that we may do those good works which God predestined. What's that mean? He planned ahead of time. He, he planned beforehand for us and we're to take paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. Look at this, living the good life, living the good life, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Notice he only prearranged and made ready the good life. He didn't prearrange a hard life. He didn't prearrange a life of crisis, a life of tragedy, a life of difficulty. So do those things come? They come, but they didn't come at his planning. Amen. We many times open the door to wrong things by wrong decisions that come, but we also have an enemy that opposes us. But I want us to go back and if they could go ahead and let's put that, that back on the screen. Ephesians 2 verse 10. Look at this. It says that he prepared a path, but notice we're the one who has to take the path. He's not forcing us down any particular path. He offers it. Yes. He offers it. He prepared it and he made it available. And he says, it's here if you want to take it. Amen. Well, we want to take it. Why? Because it gives us the best life. That's how to live the good life. And so notice just because he prepared it, it's not automatic that we'll enjoy it unless we take it. Yes. 
we have to take the paths. And on the paths that he's prepared for us is everything that our life is going to need. It's all the provision, all the, all the ability of God, everything we need to live out this good life. Amen. And so our safety is in staying with his, with his plan for our life. You know, Jesus said in John chapter four, John chapter four, um, he made this statement. He said, um, he said, I, my meat, my meat, my meat, the thing that nourishes me, the thing that strengthens me, the thing that fortifies me, my meat is to do his will and to finish his work. So notice this, um, Jesus said the thing that sustained him, the thing that nourished him, was the will of God, yes. carrying out the plan of God. Well, if Jesus was only nourished spiritually by staying in the plan of God, that's where our nourishment yes. is. Yes. Staying with his plan, yes. staying with his words, staying with what he pre what he prearranged and made ready for us. Yes. Amen. Yes. So my point is in this. God has a plan for your life. Learn it from him and stay with it. (laughs) That's where we're going to enjoy the best life. And that's where we're going to bring the greatest blessing to others. When we're on God's plan, walking God's paths for our life, then we we are the greatest blessing and bear the most fruit. Now, you may say, well, Pastor Nancy, I can look back over my life and see where I made decisions that took me off the the paths of God. Well, I so appreciate in Ephesians 2 verse 10 where we were reading, it says that taking paths, plural. (laughs) Notice this, if we get off the path, there's another path to get us back on. (laughs) Amen. You know, if you're driving down down the road and you miss your turn, there's another road you can turn down, circle back around, come up. Can you lose some time? You may lose some time, but the important thing is you can get back on the right road. That's the important thing. God knows how to accelerate us. And I don't know about you, but haven't you ever realized, wait, I got off and now I have to go up the a little, maybe a mile or so and turn back around. I better speed up because I'm losing time. I got an appointment. God knows how to accelerate us. He knows how to accelerate some things in our lives. So, um, Don't ever let the devil tell you that because you've made some wrong choices or gone down some wrong roads that you can't recapture some things. The path of God is, the paths of God are still there for you to take. Amen. 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 So take them. Amen. And recognize, hey, if I'm off, I'm off and I'm going to let God redirect me and I'm going to, I'm going to take the redirective paths that he gives me and get back on course. Now, um, all of that that I said really isn't part of my sermon, but I had to set it up to, to where I'm going. So now I want you to turn with me and let's go to Psalm chapter 27. Psalm chapter 27, and we're going to look at verse 11. And this is the King James translation. It says, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Now look at this. Teach me thy way. See, um, when we're in the paths of God, the plan of God that he has for our lives, we want to do things his way when we're on those paths. We don't want to try to carry out our way on his paths. His paths call for his ways of operating. Amen. Amen. And so we want to learn his ways. Well, his word is his ways. 
Remember what it says in Isaiah, my ways are higher than your way. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. He's not saying you can't ever have my thoughts or my ways. He's saying, come up. You don't have to stay in your own self-man ways, your self-man made ways, but you can come up to his ways and he's given us his word so we can know his ways of operating, his ways of doing things because as we walk out things his way, it's easier to stay on his paths. Amen. We won't get duped. Now look at this verse, uh, chapter 27, verse 11 again. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Look at this. And lead me in a plain path. Notice this. He, we're not to be bumping our, our, our heads on walls as we live this life going, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what direction to take. No, he'll make it plain to us so that we're not, we're not spinning our wheels, so to speak, and not getting anywhere. Or we're just making one mistake after another. Listen, we're not supposed to be living this life by trial and error. We're supposed to live accurately. Amen. Amen. Precisely have clarity. So here again, this verse says, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path. Now look at the next thing, because of mine enemies. Why? The enemy is waiting for you to step off God's territory onto the enemy's territory. So he's watching. The enemy is watching. Because he wants to, he wants to see, listen, when they get on my territory, I'm going to attack them. He wants us off the paths and he will do all kinds of things to distract us from what God's called us to do, from what God has assigned to our lives and what he's planned for our life. The enemy will constantly do all kinds of devices and strategies to distract us and pull us off course because then we're, we're outside of the place where we can receive God's best. Now, uh, the last phrase here of Psalm 27, 11, it says, because of mine enemies. Now in the Hebrew, it says, because of those who observe me. So that lets us know what's the devil doing around your life. Observing, observing. He's watching you. Don't be impressed that the enemy's watching you. Don't be devil conscious. Remember when Jesus sent out um, his disciples, he sent them out, go lay hands on the sick, cast out demons, preach the kingdom of God. And he sent them out and they came back rejoicing. And notice they, they, one of the things they were rejoicing about, they said, even the devils are subject to us. The first thing they came talking, came back talking to Jesus about were the devils. And you know what Jesus said? Don't rejoice about that. Rather rejoice that your names are written down the Lamb's Book of Life. He's saying, don't come back talking about the devil. Come back talking about what God's done for you. So if you're not careful, people can live so devil conscious. Listen, we need to have skill with our victory against the enemy. Absolutely. But it's not to turn us devil conscious and opposition conscious. We're to live God conscious. Amen. Amen. And so don't get duped uh, by what the devil's doing. Sure, he's doing stuff. Who cares? Who cares? What God has already done for us is so much greater than what the devil tries to do against us all the time. Amen. I mean, you know the passage over there in Psalm 23, verse 5, where it says, Thou preparest a table before me, right? What's it say? In the presence of mine enemies. The enemies are present. Why? Because um, Satan is the God of this world. 
Adam turned that over to him in the garden. Uh, and so there are demons and evil spirits. So what? We're not of that kingdom. We've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness, translated into the kingdom of his dear son. But we are aware of this. There's opposition around us. There's enemies around us. We just don't give them place in our life. We don't give them place in our attention. We don't give them place in our speech. We don't give them place in our thought life. We don't give them place in how we respond. Amen. We're to be mindful of God and his word and the greater one that's on the inside of us. Why? Because greater is he that's in us than he that's against the world in the world. But notice this. Uh, some of you out there watching may be really big sports fans. I mean, in my family, my mother was the sports fan. Even over my dad, my brothers, it was my mother. She knew all about the teams. She was in on it. And um, the thing that you find about sports teams, they not only learn their, their plays that they're going to make, but in this, day of, in this day of technology, they will play videos of their enemy, of their team that they're going to be facing in an upcoming game, the opposing team. Why? They learn the strategies. They learn what's the weakness of that team, what's the strength of that team, not so that they can be frightened of the opposition, but so they can be prepared. Now there's the difference. We know our enemy not to be frightened by him, but so that we're always prepared against his devices and his strategies so that we have skill at recognizing when the enemy's working. Any fear is the enemy working. Um, any strife is the enemy working. Any kind of doubt is the enemy. Worry is the enemy working. Many times people don't, aren't skillful enough with their thought life to recognize the, that the enemy is trying to insert something into their thought life. So this is what he's talking about. I want to go back to Psalm chapter 27, verse 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies, or we could read it this way, because of those who observe me. Now, I'm getting somewhere with this. Now, if I don't get to it all today, you're going to have to come back tomorrow because I don't know how far we're going to get. I intend to get a certain distance in my sermons and that just rarely happens. So you're going to have to come back to make sure uh, that you get more of where I'm headed with this. But notice this, teach me thy way, O Lord. When we know his ways, the enemies don't get, don't have their success against us. Amen. Amen. Teach me thy way, O Lord. If we're going to be taught, that means we have to be a good student because God can teach us, but if we're not paying attention or if we're not being a good student, we're going to miss out on what he's teaching. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because there's a cause of why I need to know the way that God operates and the path that God has planned for my life. Why? Because there's an enemy out there who wants me to operate differently than God's ways, who wants me to get off of God's paths for my life. Why? Because then I'm susceptible to the enemy. Amen. Now, I like the Hebrew word when it says mine enemies, it says those who observe me. Now, this is what I want you to notice and recognize. God is all knowing. He is omniscient. He is all knowing. The devil is not. The devil is not. He do not give him the credit. 
of being all-knowing. He does not know. So how does the devil know what strategies to launch against our life? By observing us. He watches how we respond to things. And if we show him weakness, he knows where to push. He knows what to try to come against us with. If we talk um, words against God's word, the devil hears that. The devil doesn't know all you're thinking. Now, let me tell you this. When he offers you a thought, he can tell if you took it or not because he's the one that offered it. He listens to see did what he offer us in our thought life find its way into our words, find its way into our mouth. When people, for example, would say, sit around the dinner table, honey, I don't know where we're going to get money for next for the mortgage. It's not... Uh, Where did that thought come from? See, the devil will present thoughts like that, thoughts of fear, thoughts of not enough. And if he hears you talk those, he knows, oh, they took it. They took the bait. They took the bait. That's why the enemy observes he wants to see what you're taking. He wants to see if the strategies that he's launching against you are finding a place in, in you. Remember what Jesus said. Listen, the enemy offered Jesus wrong thoughts. He sure did. You know what Jesus said? He said, the enemy came, but he found nothing in me. Meaning anything he tried to plant, it didn't find its way in me. He could not find any seed sown in me that came from him. Amen. And so anytime, remember, remember uh, there was a time when Jesus was telling his disciples, you know, I'm going to be, go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be persecuted. I'm going to be put on trial. I'm going to be crucified, but I'm going to ra- be raised again the third day. He's telling them what's going to happen. And Peter pulls aside, no, no, not you, Jesus. No, no, none of that bad stuff's going to happen to you. And Jesus turned his back to him and said, get thee behind me, Satan. What was trying to happen? Satan was trying to use Peter to plant a seed differently than God's plan in him. And Jesus recognized it and wouldn't take it. So see, the devil was always trying to, uh, he, he opposed Jesus to try to get wrong things into him, wrong ways of thinking, wrong ways of believing. And Jesus was skillful. He knew the ways of God and he knew the path of God. Remember what we were reading in Psalm 27, 11, teach me your ways and your paths. Why? Because then I can't get duped and pulled off course. Jesus was skillful. We need to be skillful. Why is that? Because the devil doesn't know what God has planned for us because he's not all knowing, but he will try, he'll pay attention to what troubles us. What do we show our cards on or what are we showing our hand to, so to speak. If he sees that somebody says something to you and you get easily offended, ah, the devil's, oh, oh, now now I got him. I know exactly what to do. Put people around them that offer them offense because they take offense. You see? Um, If they see that people worry, ah, all I have to do is offer them more worry because I see they take it. See, the devil is observing you to know how to attack you, to know how to oppose you, how to get you off path. And uh, we need, uh, we need to, we need to be aware of this because it does matter what you show. I said, it does matter what you show him. 
you not only need to show God faith. Remember Jesus when the, the paralyzed man was let down on the bed through the roof? It says Jesus saw their faith. They showed Jesus their faith that day. But you need to show the devil your faith. And you need to not show devil, the devil fear. You need to not show the devil doubt because if you show that, then he knows to bring more of that against your life. Does that make sense to you? It matters. It matters how we respond in the face of opposition. If, he, if the devil sees that when you get a bad report, you fall apart emotionally, then he knows just keep, just keep sending that your way because he knows that that works against you. But if, if you hear a bad report and you start, re, you start responding based on the word, the devil knows don't use that strategy against him. It doesn't work. Does that make sense to you? Why? The devil is not all-knowing. Don't give him much credit. Amen. Anyway, if someone has an uncontrolled temper, they get angry. They fly off the handle. The devil, the devil takes note of that. He's observing you. Why is he, why is he observing us? Because that's the only way he, know, he can gain information is how to attack us. So it does matter what you show. I said, it does matter what you show. Years ago, I was watching the interview of a man who was a billionaire. And he hit a hard financial place. And it looked like he was going to lose everything. Well, um, after a couple of years, he not only got everything back, but more. Why? Because he knew things. He knew that industry. He knew that business. He knew the finance world. He knew how to make things turn around. But when he had recovered from that time of difficulty financially, um, they sent a a newspaper man in there to interview him. And they said, you know, most men would have crumbled under that kind of pressure. And I love what this billionaire said. He said, I knew this when I'm dealing with financial people and those I was doing business with. He said, I never could let them see me sweat. He said, because if I show any kind of fear, if I show any kind of lack of confidence, he said, they will pull their support, their funding from my projects. I had to go in there bold. He says, I refuse to sweat in the face of opposition. He was, set, he was stating a, a spiritual principle. It matters what your countenance looks like when you're opposed. It matters that you don't get up and talk about, I'm depressed today. You start talking that stuff and the devil knows how to push on you. You're showing him spots of entry into your life. It matters that when you get up in the morning, the devil sees you rejoice. That you get up praising God and confessing the word and thanking God for his word because you're showing the devil no entry here, no open door to you. Amen. You know, it's not just about, uh, just because other people don't see maybe the way you respond. Uh, there's a spirit world watching. There is a spirit world watching. And uh, we need to make sure that we are skillful in holding to what we've been taught, regardless of what we feel, regardless of circumstances that come against us. Um, You know, and and I refer to it often because it's a day that um, 
was important in the life of me and my family, our ministry, is the day my husband unexpectedly left the earth. I knew it mattered that day to my future how I responded that day. If I respond in a way that's not based on the word that day, someday thereafter, I've got to get back on that word, right? So no use wasting time. Just respond the first day, the first moment on the word so you don't have to go back and undo all the wrong response. And the devil, I I made sure, I knew the devil was watching that day. How will she respond? How will her family respond? How will her congregation respond? How will she treat this event? Because that was going to give him a signal of how to treat me in the future. Well, praise the Lord. And uh, we responded by faith. We responded with the word. And uh, that day I sat and planned our future. I didn't think, oh, my future's over. No, my future isn't over because the plan of God is still intact for my life. Listen, you have to learn this. And whether it's through divorce, whether it's through fellowships that have broken down or through someone going home to be with the Lord, People for the rest of your life are going to enter your life. And there's going to be people that are going to exit your life for whatever reason. The plan of God didn't enter with them and the plan of God doesn't exit with them. Amen. 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 It is our privilege to walk out the plan of God. And the day my husband went home to be with the Lord, I decided I'm staying with the plan of God. That's what I'm doing. I'm not going to go, what do I do with my life now? I know what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to stay with the plan of God. And I showed the devil that that day. The day my husband left, I showed the devil and I talked. We're staying with the plan of God. I'm not saying I made big decisions that day regarding the business of the ministry, but I made the main decision And the biggest decision that day when I said, we're going on with the plan. That's what we're doing, the plan of God. I don't have to go find a plan. The the plan we were on, the paths we were on, we're staying on that. I needed the devil to know that. Why? So that the next day I didn't wake up with depression and grief and, and sorrow and fear and everything else. Because how I respond is going to either shut the door to the devil or open the door to the devil. Amen. Amen. This is why, again, I want to read it where we started off, but you're going to have to join us next time to get to go further with us. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Why? Because then I, if I know his way, I know how to respond. Yes. In the face of opposition, in the face of difficulty, when I know his way, I know how to respond. So teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in the plain path. I'm not going to get off course. Why? Because there's an enemy watching. There's an enemy watching. And it matters to us that we, we need to recognize the enemy's watching me and I'm going to give him something to see. <laughs> Amen. Something he doesn't want to see. Amen. Well, we're just scratching the surface of this, but we, we ask you and we invite you to join us next time for Jesus the Healer. It will be a blessing to you. And until we see you again, remember this, Jesus is the Healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this book, by Nancy Dufresne, Peace, Living Free from Worry, she teaches how to close the door to worry, fear, and doubt. 
Order now at DufresneMinistries.org. Come join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Paducah, Kentucky at World Harvest Church of Paducah, May 21st through the 25th. For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.